specific questions or routes you wanted to go with that. What the fuck is that noise? Oh, I tried to shut this thing off. It's a new phone. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bay Floor Discussion. Everything that is holy at Starkus. <laughs> that thing was chewy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are going to talk about trainings this week. We've got Paul hanging out with us again. And um, we've had a handful of really good classes lately. Uh, we've got some more on the horizon here. And we'll just kind of uh, bounce around the room and talk about the different stuff that, that we're doing as individuals as well. So... It'll, it'll get back to kind of what we started this whole little shindig about is uh, our training and, and bettering of ourselves and our departments. So uh, just recently, uh, the biggest class I think we've done is the RIT class. Uh, John, you want to talk about setting it up and how it all went? Uh, well, setting it up was, it was easy and it was hard. Like those classes, it was setting it up and getting all the resources available for that class was fairly easy i mean most departments our chief is pretty easy going when it comes to that the difficult part was getting people to participate like we originally when we put it out there that we wanted to do a RIC class we had departments from all over the area saying that they were interested they were going to send people we were worried that we were going to get 20 to 30 students and then when we finally did it, we committed, we registered it with the state, we put it out there, we got nine. nine. And then like even some of the comments I heard from surrounding departments, a lot of people didn't think we needed that training. And they didn't seem happy that we threw that training and that some of their guys went through it. So it was that whole getting buy-in on training thing that was difficult. But the group that showed up I was actually pleasantly surprised because they were hardworking. They clearly wanted to be there and they put in a lot of effort and it showed. I mean, we literally had people, by the end of the third day, we had people literally just like passing out on the lawn from heat exhaustion, but they were still going. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It, it was, was uh, it was over a hundred degrees, I think, day two. Yep. Well, day three, right? Day, day three. Yeah. Day three. Technically, yeah. Technically, day three. Day, day two of the hands-on yeah. practical, yeah. yeah. So what did you think? You were a participant. Uh, I thought it was an awesome class. Uh, I am astounded to hear that anyone would say that they nobody needed it. Uh, everybody needs that one way or another. Just to add any extra tool to your toolbox of when things go real bad. I mean, that, that was a... That was a pretty extreme training. That was when things go real, real bad. <laughs> yeah, right. How are you going to handle it? Uh, it? It was great, though. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that you might have seen in a book or on YouTube or something that you just think, uh, yeah, that's useful, but I'm never going to use it. And then when you actually try it hands-on, you realize, if I need to do this, it's going to be a job. This is yeah. this is going to be a lot of work. It's not as simple as, 
you know, oh, I, I'm going to get out of a bad place. You better know and have a plan to do it because it's not as simple as, oh, drop the hose in the hole and pull yourself out. It, right. <laughs> it doesn't, right. it doesn't, it doesn't work just happen. Way. And that's <laughs> what Tyler and I kind of wanted to get back to with this class is, uh, I can't remember what he said. Um, make rapid, make rapid, rapid inter intervention rapid, rapid again. again. Yeah. He's like, they, YouTube, you brought up a good thing. YouTube shows you all these fancy skills that are awesome. These, all this new technology is great. And then what happened, especially with that rescue sled, we put you in a no visibility situation and we told you use a rescue sled, which has all these moving parts, people couldn't do it or it took them time. Like when they used that rescue sled in a low visibility, well, no visibility, like literally it was a foot in front of you. It took them, what was it, Eric, five to 10 minutes just so. to deploy that? <clears throat> Where if this is a real rapid intervention, you don't have five to 10 minutes. And that's kind of what we were getting across is your basic skills are what's gonna save lives. Or something as simple as like uh, the backstroke through the, the right. wall framing. I've done that 20 times in you know our setup when we do it in the bays. I've done it in different, different places and it's all been like specifically designed, you know, clean framing and then to actually do it in a house, I got stuck. <laughs> well, so our props are, quote, up to code, exactly. 16 off center. Yeah. The old farmhouse wasn't, I mean, you saw it. There's like one of the, your, um, your other buddy there from your department. Scott. Scott. We gave him a modified wall where clearly a homeowner built their own wall. And it wasn't 16 on center. What was that hole? Oh, Maybe I, I, six I to was, eight inches. Yeah, it was. It was like. And we did the same inch. thing with Dana Turcott. We gave him another one, and he's just like, "I'm not fitting through that." But you know what he did? He didn't stop, and he's just like, "Okay, there's an obstacle in my way. I'm going to remove it." And he busted that's that whole Scott, stud right oh, out. That's I, what Scott did. I yeah, started just, to do that, and Lucian was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> no see, that's yeah. Scott. Scott was like, "I, I can't fit through this." And this. He goes, can I take out this one? <laughs> it's like you're this dying, buddy. Do, do it. Get, do what you need to do. If you I mean, I ended up. Out, I took my pack off, but uh, yeah, that's what I started swinging at it, and he was like, "What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Making the hole bigger." Exactly. Right. I don't this fit. Going I'm going to make it fit. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was just. I mean, stuff that you don't think about. That when you break that framework open, there's some jagged little edges that aren't there in our training props. Right. Oh, your props are all sheetrock and studded right. walls, and we had you going through lath and plaster. Right. Yeah. A lot so, more debris. Right. So I think that's really what I was getting stuck on, because I yeah. got about three quarters of the way through. And in training props, the hardest part's getting my helmet through. Once the helmet's yep. through, I'm through. Yeah. And when I was in this house, I got about three quarters of the way through, and my torso was stuck. And I think it was just because at that point I had the uh, you know the lattice work there getting getting caught on my regulators, on my straps, on on a million different things. So that was yep. kind of an eye opener. Yep. Uh, and it, uh, a lot of it was an eye opener for everyone because they had, well, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do that. And they didn't realize it's a lot of work just to do the basics. Yeah. So you, cr you have this awesome plan, but it's like um, what they say. It's like you have a plan, but so does the enemy. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. You have this plan going in, but you have to be able to adapt 
And if something's not working, leave it. Like I brought up the rescue sled during no visibility evolutions. The rescue sled worked other places. I mean, it's a great, it's basically a um, Stokes basket, but less weight and less cumbersome. Awesome. It can be used for bringing people out of a second story window, can be used from a low level or above operation or below operation um, situations, but in low light, low visibility, probably not the best tool. For those of you listening that are not fire service related, it's basically a sled. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like one-year-old um, plastic sleds. Yeah. Uh, with just, a bunch of straps on just it. Just cut in half and a little bit more sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like one of our uh, one of our evolutions there was to get someone on the ladder. You know, some, the, the scenario is somebody fell through the floor. You drop a ladder down. You send someone down on the ladder, put the victim on the ladder, and then lift the ladder up. And I mean, I, for those of you that don't know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy, and I had it in my head that I'm just going to lift this person up, put them on the ladder, strap them to the ladder, pick the ladder up, push it up. No. <laughs> it, did, it did not. No. It didn't work like that at all. You like, act but, like you've never had to move a dead body before. Right? Uh, not one with an air pack. Oh. <laughs> and, That's uh, awesome. It just, by the time I got the person situated where they needed to be i was so gassed there was no way in hell i was lifting lifting that ladder up to the point where i needed to well and i think that was it was a really good eye-opener because we had nine people right and we did these we did these evolutions and i go how many people you want on your rip crew because every one of you are smoked yeah you know and that's a crew of nine that's that's like three towns fighting a fire yeah. Right. Not not including rent. I yeah. mean, like, you know, think of your resources, and you're going to have to start reaching out. It's, it's good. What did you think about the hybrid? So so what we did when, or what John did when we designed it was it was a hybrid program. So all the book work, all the tests, all the reading material was done self-paced by every student. And then we had three, we had three practical days. What did you, how did you think that went? Because this is the first, this is the first kind of hybrid that we did. So it was, I've had classes taught like that before. And uh, when they say hybrid, it's usually a, and when I heard John talking about it, it's the way I thought it was going to be too. uh, Where that you're, you're assigned these things, we come into class, we talk about it, go over it and then move on to the next one. I didn't realize it was, it's all assigned, do it at your own pace, just one class, the, the, the hands-on stuff starts, yeah. it better all be done. I don't respond to that very well. I did all of it two days before the, the actual right. class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, that's not the proper way to do it. Um, entirely my fault. And that's, that's something that I've recognized recently anyways, where I... I I bit off way more than I could chew. I had seven trillion different things going in different directions. And if it weren't for my lieutenant stepping up and saying, hey, uh, you know, you get all your work done, are you ready for class on Thursday? I wouldn't even have remembered that we were there. You know, <laughs> It would have been the typical scenario of John sending me a message going, where the hell are you? And me going, for what? <laughs> I, I find that, I find that too. It's, it's, you can handle the work, but it's, the self-start in in the constant like the class that john and i are in john calls me at least once a week hey 
how you doing on classwork? <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks. When I hang up, I'll start on it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's um, that's that's a, a mindset. That's well, like, I'm very you know, it's, uh, like it's uh, it's different from what we've always done. So. I'm very task or goal oriented, uh, which always sounds great. It lo- it's like a good resume highlight. But when you actually explain it to someone, it's like I'm gonna sit down until it's done. So if you give if you give me a chunk to do, that's a problem. If you say do this and then do that and then do that and then do that, it's five different tasks instead of read the book, get the book done, and then I go, oh crap. (laughs) Right. Uh, Um, So it's the same with with my college assignments and stuff like that. Uh, I'm awful about it. Classes are Tuesdays and Saturdays. My work gets done Monday and Friday because <laughs> yeah. if, if I started at any time in between, I wouldn't know like when to stop. It, it, yeah. would, it, would be, it wouldn't be right because the task isn't due yet. It's, not, it's almost like it hasn't been assigned until I get to that point. It's, it's very hard for me to not so much self-start but to um, kind of regulate the time. What, what would you think if... If we were to do this again, if we did an actual calendar and chapters like we've done in the past forever, um, when we built like a fire one two, you you basically had the syllabus for the entire course. Well, you basically talk, you know, making a timeline for them. Right. Um, so we we make the timeline, and if we don't necessarily meet in person every week, at least one of the instructors is reaching out to every one of the students to make sure that they're on task. You wouldn't even necessarily need to reach, or at least in, in my learning style, you wouldn't even need to reach out. It's just to set those expectations and say, you have six weeks, you have six assignments. Or even if you said you have three weeks and you have six assignments, it's, it's set, you know, by week one, you should have this done. By week two, you should have this done. By week three, you should have this done. Originally, we had planned on that because when we contacted the publishing company, they originally told us they had an online module. So we were gonna be able to set up chapters with PowerPoints and tests for people to do online. Their um, online website said they had it. We asked them, they originally said they had it. Like two to three weeks later, they came back and said, oh, we don't have it. So I'm like, oh. They're building it right now. So we need to change gears. (laughs) So that's basically what we came up with last minute type of thing yeah because technically my both my firefighter one and two and my emt classes were a hybrid class and it was just that it was here's your book when you come into class we're not talking about this you better have it done we're moving on to the next step for the classroom portion of it and that was the the hybrid was that you did part of it and then we did part of it but it was this is done for this week, this is done for this week, this is done for this week. It wasn't, uh, wasn't hybrid as in you have to be self-motivated for this part and then we're going to pick it up from here. Yeah. What did you think of it, Eric? I, I thought it was good. I kind of see where Ed's coming from. It just seems like he, he needs it broken down a little bit more. Yep. So I think giving him as a chunk, like he said, he had a hard time breaking it down, but really we're just taking it one step further by chunking it up yeah um i thought the class was awesome i was really impressed with the the people that there worked you could definitely look across the group and find out and and observe 
who was there just to put a certificate in their file and who was there that actually really wanted to learn the techniques and do the job. And it was very overwhelming for some of them to see what the job actually entails because they didn't think, I mean, it was their first taste of RIT. Right. It was a basic RIT yeah. class. And they had no idea until the first technique where like, oh my God, what did I sign up for? Right. It was a good eye-opener for a lot of them because the COVID-20 or the COVID-40 where a lot of people gained weight yeah. and let their uh, uh, fitness subside because there was at least one person that used to be a bull. Like he'd throw on a pack and go. And then at that Rick class, he's like, oh, I've let myself slip right. way too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And it was like Brian was talking about the, the amount of people we had. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they realized that not only did they they do stuff in teams of two or three, but they used all nine and could have used another nine. A couple. Yeah, a couple more. Yeah. When they re realize they're using all nine people and then they turn around and go, well, we need this and this and this done too. I'm like, well, you're on your own, boys. Somebody's got to double up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it was an eye-opener. But it's like because talking to somebody, they're like, you know, like this is my first Rick class. I've never been through this. He's like, but people talk about it. He's like, and I just don't see those people going through it. I go, well, there are RIT classes and there are RIT classes. I was like, a lot of people like to peacock and say they've done a lot of things, but this just opened your eyes to see who exactly who is full of, full Mal of it. <laughs> Malarkey. So, yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't talking about shenanigans, are you? <laughs> That's a whole different topic. And I think this, this class was a good follow-up to the one that you did prior to that. Right. Well, prior to that was self-rescue. Well, rescue and then self-rescue. Yeah. This one was rescue the down firefighter. I think it, it built off of it nicely. I wish that that core group had gone to the previous That's one. That's what I was going to get at. It would have built off of that. Yeah. It'd, it'd be nice if we could get a core group to just go through this path that we're planning right. out. What we should do is watch them keep I'm just expanding. thinking out loud, but maybe we should incorporate that into the RIT class. Like the first... The first portion of this RIT class is going to be self-rescue. Yeah. You know, add, well, add, a, add like, a few more weeks to it. Well, basically, then, we're kind of doing it like know, the old IFSTA way. We're doing modules. Like, we're right. doing yes. this, this time, this yeah. time. It's the, yeah. the problem is, is getting the same students for each class yeah. to like, keep evolving. Yeah. And a lot of people around here, a lot of people confuse self-rescue with RIT. Yeah. And I kind of I kept them separate because I wanted to show them the difference. But it's also, like we were saying, in that class, you know, RIT is such a gigantic topic. We could spend months and months and months and well, still that scratch class, the surface. You read through it. What was it, 10 chapters? Yeah. That's 10 classroom just talking and presentations followed up by two and a half days of uh, practical. We could actually take those practicals and stretch them out along a week. So you're talking about a two to three month class if we did it properly. And the class isn't even the end of it. Like this is a continuing education thing. Right. Like you can't this just is, this get is a just certificate and call it good. It. As you this read the book, you need to keep I'm, learning sure, and I'm sure you read the book cover to cover. It tells you that this is the beginning. It tells you what, to, what you need to get afterwards. It talks about confined space. It talks about hazmat. <clears throat> talks about, I can't even remember. I actually read the book, but I, I don't remember. <laughs> But it talks about different steps that you need to go above this. Because RIT is not just structural firefighting. RIT encompasses a whole every, every area. aspect. Yeah. Every aspect. So Paul, you've been quiet. What do you what do you think about the whole so I guess um, a good 
question for you being kind of on a little bit on the outside of this class at least um, John said some of the other towns said it wasn't necessary what do you what do you think about people learning these skills in this area as far as learning the skills um, I think it's as everybody said it's it's another tool in the toolbox my personal belief is we should never have a firefighter in that situation until everything else is done we got a water supply we have our interior crew we're doing uh, backup crew um, but the big thing is is water because uh, you guys have, I wasn't in the class sorry I couldn't make it um, five to ten minutes of unsuppressed fire activity if you're trying to pull an injured firefighter out of a building is um, that puts the nine people that are in there trying to get that one firefighter out <clears throat> now you're in a situation where you got to think of sorry but in Worcester somebody has to make a decision when to stop and if you don't have the resources behind you to continue that process you got to make that tough decision for me I don't want to put anybody into a bad situation unless I know I have the maximum amount of water that I need before I put anybody inside into a dangerous situation now yes <clears throat> we have the ability to risk a lot to save a lot and when those situations everything goes and we're going to be Monday morning quarterbacking um, that whole process um, but if, if that level of reward's not there, why are we going to put somebody into that risk level? Um, and once again, you know, we could go into a um, potential situation. We got two in, two out. We got a water supply going, and the first two guys are going after the fire, gung-ho, um, you know, just going after it aggressively, and then something bad happens that's when you have to have the extra resources the, the two out that are going to go in and um, protect those two guys as we get the rest of the crews up and running to go into that um, so I got so nine people to get one person out you're going to need another i don't know four six to protect them as they're getting that one guy out see I've been thinking about this and talking to a couple other guys in the fire service, and it's very hard in our region to have a RIT team like they do in other places. Like in the city or whatever, they can assign a truck specifically for that duty. They know who's on the truck. They're trained for that. We can't do that in our region because you right. never know who's going to be on that rig and who's coming. You can't just call the next town over and say, I want you as RIT because you have no idea. We've talked a couple times about doing a regional RIT team, stuff like this, but I think that RIT should be included in our Firefighter 1 and 2 programs. Yep. And that everybody should be trained to at least a basic RIT level. Correct. Before they ever hit the fire ground. Right. That's my opinion. Like, I agree. And then they can advance off of that. We need to focus on water supply and stuff like that. That's, that's obvious. That's rural communities. We don't have, like, we were talking about my Officer 1 class. They give me a scenario that I have to run through, but they give me four hydrants. I'm like, now I'm confused. Where's my tanker <laughs> task force? Like, what's going on? What is this? And, uh, but we always, we 
train for the worst and hope for the best. Yep. So the opinion of, well, you don't need that class, that class is useless in this area, is not acceptable to me because we... You're already uh, setting yourself right. up for failure. Eventually, something's going to happen. I mean, we're just constantly playing Russian roulette every time we go out. Mm -hmm. We're low-staffed. We have various training levels. If another town shows up, we don't know their training levels. It's just a recipe for disaster, and something's eventually going to... Bad's going to happen. And if we don't train for that, we're already setting ourselves up for failure. And those people that unfortunately are in leader positions that say, well, that we don't need that training in the area, we'll never use that, is the wrong attitude to have. I agree. Those same people also, told, when I told them I was going for my officer class, said that I was a sucker, that it, it was a stupid class to have, and that it was useless in this area. And then my, I bit my tongue, but I'm like, you're useless in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I agree water supply is good, but we have to, we still have to keep training. Right. And that's the, my personal belief, you need to have water before you do anything. Right. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, what was that? I read it in a book. As goes to water, so goes to fire or something like that. Come on, no one runs out of like that. Well, oh, was it the fire officer's tactic, the fire officer's handbook for fire tactics? Something, it was one of those books where it's like, as goes to water, so goes to fire, or something along those lines. It's valid. But now I'm going to have to. <laughs> sure, it. sounds good. Yeah. I just, okay, John. I just completely <laughs> butchered that. That probably wasn't even the right book. <laughs> so but the, the way, four of us are quote all Quote John at Morris John. in July 17th. <laughs> <laughs> the way the conversation is going is that. <clears throat> yes, we need the additional training. Um, yes, we need um, extrication training. We, we see a lot of cars that need to be cut. Yes, we need training on safely to cut a hole in the roof. And we need training on how to move water. We need, we need the training so that when stuff happens, the people that are coming to help, we know what they've been trained to and what we can expect and set up our plan to meet that expectation of what's coming. Um, you know, once again, nine people in this class to get one guy out and they're like, where's the extra help? Well, if there's 20 some odd people that have basic, ex you know, basic writ training on that fire ground, then we can move people around um, right. You know, I can I can safely operate a two and a half if it's set up right with one person and those other two could go help the RIT team. Um, not the best, but it's what we can do. That, um, that's what I was getting at, Paul, is that right now in our Firefighter 1-2 curriculum, we do self-rescue. We cover self-rescue, but there's not really a RIT part of that. There right. is, but and I think it's like a page long, if I remember correctly. They describe what RIT is. They yeah, don't actually do anything. Yeah. And I believe that that should be a part of the system so that when they're certified at that minimum level, yep. they at least have that intro and that taste. So that, like you said, they're not the best at it. They're going to have to continue training. But at least they have that, that first part right. to know Exposure. that if something goes bad, well, how to at least start the process to get the right people. I'll go further. Way. I think people should leave. I wish we had a real fire academy where you'll get your fire firefighter one and two, your basic pumps, basic writ, all those classes, your evoc. So when you leave that academy, I guess, you're you're already set up to go further. 
because doing fire one and two and then saying, oh, by the way, you also need basic extrication, basic pumps, EVOC, all this stuff that doesn't come in that initial course. I mean, you're... Well, think the, about how wild that is. I mean, think of it chiefly if you got someone here that just on paper said, at the, at the largest example, somebody is a, a paramedic and firefighter one and two, you think that person is probably pretty well qualified for the job. Right. Whereas if they just rolled out of medic school and they just rolled out of a fire one and two class and then you stick them on a truck and they go... Where's the pump button? You know, <laughs> well, they have no experience right. at all. Yeah. Right, and Eric, that's what I mean is that Eric, just like John yeah. saying, you know, there needs to be something that says, you know, I, I need to be able to call you a firefighter, and if you can't meet these basic skills of getting water out of a truck, of setting up a water supply, of being able to rescue your partner that's gone down, you know, at at, at what level? can you actually say I'm comfortable with this person on a fire ground? I mean, it's even like the EVOC classes. When you do an EVOC class, you're not signing someone off to drive a fire truck. You're signing off somebody to learn how to drive their fire truck from a driver trainer in their department. Right. So I'm going to yeah. blow this. I'm going to blow this conversation <laughs> well, on, right out of the water. On, and I'm going to be the enemy. Eric, I'm going to go back to what John was Eric talking about. Eric actually, in several of his uh, firefighter one and two classes, <laughs> He's gone about, he's taken a day or two to cover water supply. He's added a little bit of writ in there from what I've remembered. So he's added that stuff. You just don't leave with that certificate. The problem is, is Eric does a great job and he, he's like, okay, these are what you really need to survive this career field. I'm going to add Eric it into the curriculum. The problem is, is you take a firefighter one and two, um, certified firefighter that was taught by Eric and you take one that was taught by somebody else, they're not the same. Right. Right. You know that they have a core element, but you don't know what they've added. So here's, here's my problem. You talk about an academy. Academy would be awesome, but the problem in our state is, like me personally, I have a full-time job. Oh, the officer classes we're taking right now, you guys are doing one from start to scratch. Uh, yeah, I said that totally backwards. <laughs> But you're, you're doing the whole program all together, and you're doing it online through a college. MFSI, you go to Brunswick, and you could do it all in a couple of weeks. I can't leave my job for two weeks and go sit up there right. and take this class. But what they did to help guys like me is they take the program and they cut it in half. So they have a basic fire officer and an advanced fire officer, and you do two components. And then at the end, you can test out for both, which is what I have to do to fit my schedule. So, yeah, it'd be awesome to have an academy. But right. how many people are going to go there for a month of training? Because you're going to have to do it steady for a month, or it's going to take a year right. to cover that project, right. which is the, the problem that we right. have. I, I'm, I'm going to be the enemy. I absolutely hate that this state has Bureau of Labor Standards basic firefighting. Yep. And then you have the firefighter one and two level. Because all it did was take some of the hours away and some of the training away to give you the absolute basic minimum to go hurt yourself. When you could put a little bit extra time in and get that extra training to make it better so when they do come out to the field, we know that they've met this curriculum here. Like you just said, but Brian, you can't tell from certificates who the instructor was, what the person actually took in. Right. But if you had like one level, you know at least that's a basic minimum. And I'm finding a lot of people want to do that Bureau of Standards short hour, just give me enough to work in the fire department class and then they can't go anywhere after that because right. any of the state classes it's required that you have firefighter one and two 
So when they're done with that Bureau of Labor Standards class, now they have to take the class all over again, plus the extra, mm -hmm. if they want to take any other right, classes. Right, but that Bureau of Labor Standards class is meant to get people in the door, get them a basic level of training so that they can not just stand around, they can do stuff. We and understand the, that. And it's the department's responsibility then to progress them further to fire one and two. That's just meant to do the whatever it is, 90, 100 hours, whatever it is, so that they can function as a firefighter while you, because fire one and two classes, you get like one every two to three years, correct? Yeah, but what I'm, so, what I'm getting at, John, you're absolutely correct, but what I'm what finding, right. what I'm finding around the area is that people are getting that level and then, and then stopping. stopping. Yep. Yes. They're not well, going any further, which same, I find I, is a problem. I think this, there's misunderstandings at departments in certain areas around here too about what's involved in that BLS class. Um, because I think a lot of times they've gone in and then they, they get the Holy Cross and you're good to go. And like, no, I'm just saying that you, you've taken these classes, like John said, you've gotten your feet wet, you're starting to understand what's going on, and then they go, yeah, 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 I'm a, I'm a firefighter now. I'm like, well, no. Yes, but If you ever take one of my classes, the first two things I, t I tell to all my students, first of all, as an instructor, I'm going to give you my all. Because if you walk out of here and you're a product, I'm a shit instructor. Yep. So I'm not going to send you out with a basic minimum to make me look bad. Yeah, I said it beat me out. But I, it's I two out of three. So that's the first thing. And, the, and um, yeah, totally lost track of. No, I think, I, think that, I think that the BLS was done as a stopgap measure because departments and agencies were finding that we don't have people. We know that the fire one and two takes a long time because we have to do one or two nights a week and, and every other Saturday. And it still takes a long time. It's a stopgap measure that I, I, I don't know the history behind it, um, you know, how the whole thing came to light. But that's, that's what I've taken it as. And it, it is extremely difficult to, to manage that from the administrative level. So what I was trying to say is as an instructor, I don't feel that I'm doing my job by only letting them have that one class. So I, I don't like teaching it. If, it. if a chief absolutely wants me to, I will. But I would love to go to the next level because I think that's where we need to start. So what I was getting at was like, I don't want to turn on a bad product because when that person goes out and has an issue, well, who taught you that? Eric taught me that. So it makes me look bad. Yeah. I want to look good. I want you to look good right. because then we all look good. And the other thing that I tell all my students is basically what I was getting at with Ed's conversation. It's like a license. You get a license and then you get endorsements off your license. Yep. So that basic class is your license. And then all the other stuff we do is endorsements on that. So you never stop at just the license. Right. But people do. Even that people start, it used to be people would get their fire one and two and be like, oh, I'm fire one and two. That's I'm it. I'm yeah. good. And then we're seeing it now is that people with the fire one and two, that's what they, they boast about it. Well, I'm fire one and two. Well, what else have you done in the last 10 years? Right. Nothing. Or we, the age of some of our guys, they were, they did this stuff back in seventies, eighties. And they're like, right. Oh, well, I've already been certified in this. I did. Oh, I, Paul, did you're an I did my first fire one and two back in the early nineties. But have you taken and classes then, since then? Well, obviously. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but some it, people but, have not. So, so where I was going with that is in 2012, we got another, we got a grant yep. for another fire one, two class. And I was a captain at the time. I said, you know what? I'm going to go through that again. 
Hey, you were in my one and two class. Yeah. Was it totally different? It was a lot different. It but was. And that's why I took it because I know that things change. And we, as much as we're into the fire service, we can't keep up with all the changes. Yeah. So get it in the platform that it's meant in the fire. Which is two. awesome for you because so, you identified that. But there's so many guys that I see out there that say, I already got it. Don't have to do it again. Yep. yep. Or they and, don't and have to mindset. do any training. Or, yeah. That's and then they're promoted. No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. And that just absolutely drives me nuts. Right. <laughs> right. They I get got... fire one and two, and they say, well, I'm fire one and two. That's awesome. And then, bam, they're promoted, and then they... Well, some of them just put a certificate in their file, right? He said that in our last class. That's right. <laughs> um... I'm just here for the certificate. Like, right. your pause, and then you just stared at them, and you're like, <laughs> so, that's not where I was trying to go with this. <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of what I was saying with the BLS stuff, though. Like, I, I tried to do... I, I did not want to do a BLS class, but what I wanted to do was a basic introduction to firefighting. I had a few new people in my department. I wanted to get them to learn the air packs. I wanted to get them to learn water supply, ladders, the tools, the trucks, uh, as terrible as I am with it, ropes and knots, you know, the basic stuff you How do you get you better need. at it? I know. Practice, practice, practice. Exactly. Um, not but, the night but, before. But when you're trying <laughs> right. to teach it to people, it's yeah. kind of like the, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. And then you look like an idiot, but I digress. That's the, how you make the, yourself the better. The problem was, yeah, but you don't do it in front of people. No. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's okay to show failure because then it shows progress. <laughs> right. But like we've taught and learned a million times that when you, when you show failure, it takes away some of your credibility in, in a teaching yeah. Right. But again, back to what I was saying. Um, so I'm trying to teach just these basic skills. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting requests. Hey, why haven't my, my people been signed off on BLS? Well, because I didn't teach a BLS class. Well, what do you mean? You taught basic skills. I said, yeah, I taught, taught them the basic skills. That's exactly. What, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I went, I based it off of a BLS curriculum. However, I did not get this approved through the state. I, I'll sign a piece of paper that says your your uh, your people were here, but I am not about to sign off on anything that says that I taught them a BLS class. Mm-hmm. And they just they get very confused. They're like, well, well, we can just call them BLS now, right? Like, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, that's another that's another loophole is that a fire chief can do that. Right, and that was the issue I was running into. They were asking me, and I was like, I'm not going to tell you you can or cannot. I personally will tell you I wouldn't be comfortable with that, and I, I'm going to sign off on the classes that I taught them. And by sign off, I'm going to tell I'm going to hand you the curriculum that I used. I'm going to hand you the uh, objectives. Yep the the whole what's the whole printout lesson plan lesson plan. I can I have that all spelt out for you, which I was super proud about. I'm like <laughs> here you go, but uh, I, I'm not going to. There's no certificate. There's no nothing what you do after this in your department is on you to sign someone off so you can have another name on the roster is not the way to do it right correct and that is that is a habitual problem i think um and you know what i wish i had 30 more people on my roster but i don't right it's the same thing with it is what it is you know i mean it's just there's no it's if they want to do that, let them do that. Right. Um, and the, but the hard the, part with training you, you, is so much yeah. issues that we deal with and so many different trainings that we do. And we don't even train enough. We can't even cover everything. 
how can you sit back as a as an officer or chief and take liability over somebody's life and say that they're trained to go to one of those emergencies that we've never dealt with or just is so out of control mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's why I, I worked my way up the deputy, and I don't think I'd ever want to go any higher than that. I always want somebody above me because I do <laughs> never want that liability. It's it's bad enough as a deputy. <laughs> I, a I couldn't imagine. It's a lot. Yep. So what do we uh, what do we have going forward? I guess we'll start in general as a uh, as a department and as a region. What's so what's next on our calendar? With the Rick class, speaking of your ability to tie ropes and knots. We've identified two of the weaker areas, which is ladders and ropes and knots. So in August sometime, we are going to do ladders, ropes, and knots. And, and I think that's a, a good thing about class. What do you mean? And that's going to be the title ladders yep. and ropes and knots, or is it two separate? Yep. Nope. Okay. We're just going to throw ladders, hoist some stuff, hopefully cut some vents. Cool. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like it's a lot. It's two subjects, but that's still a lot of stuff to cover depending on how, my, how many students we get. Yeah. One thing, I, I wrote it down, but I forgot to jump on it before we jumped into the next one. Part of the, part of the RIT class we did was firefighter CPR. Yep. And we went through the whole evolution of a downed firefighter and CPR and the whole thing from, from soup to nuts. Um, so I just want to throw that, you know, that was, that was like the, the, the final piece of that yep. was was we what went to do once it. you get them out of the building yep yeah. yep just because you get them out doesn't mean it stops yep. you know you hit the door threshold doesn't mean you stop caring for the patient <laughs> so um that was that was a great piece to that too but yeah anyway go ahead with the yeah my suggestion is you have a crew waiting because by the time you get out and you go to perform CPR, they'll be probably performing CPR on two people. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we showed them is yeah. the transition from the interior crew to yep. the exterior crew. Yep. Yep. That was something we worked on in, in the Mayday calls for that, that class, or not necessarily the Mayday calls, but when the RIT crew reached the victim, this is what we need, have EMS available, or yep. you know, they're just disoriented, we're gonna guide them out one or the other. Another thing a crew learned, I remember we had a scenario with just a firefighter with a twisted ankle and he was disoriented. And the crew got in there and then they grabbed the firefighter and they tried to package him. They were trying to tie their, um, their, um, their ropes around him to drag him out. And he's like, I, I can walk. I just need to know where to go. And they're like, oh. It's like, yeah, you should probably check the responsive level and ask them a few questions right. before you just grab them and start yarding them out. Converting their packs. Yeah. And wait, 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 guys. Guys, I'm alive. Shut up. You're dead. I'll save you. It's, it's hard sometimes in a training scenario. Sir, I need to well, check you if you right? well, not, not I mean, it's, the... it's the RIT class, so yeah. you're like, I have to rescue the person. I have to rescue the person. I have to rescue the person. But you didn't say, Eric, you all right? Well, not like, only yeah, the tunnel vision, don't know which, way which, to go, which was the fun part of teaching that is because, like John said at the very beginning, we're giving you the tools, and then the last day, we're just going to throw scenarios at you, and you use the tools as you will. And it was fun to watch those guys exactly with the mindset you're talking about. It's like we use the tools. Like one of them is your voice and communication, which is the biggest thing through the fire service we have issues with. Ask, talk to the questions, like check yeah. on the person I can, instead of making more work for yourself. Right? I can guarantee that if I go in to rescue somebody, like if Ed goes down, 
I'm going to lean close to him. I'm going to look him in the eyes and be like, Ed, can you walk? <laughs> <laughs> Classic paramedic. It's more like, right. Ed, you're right. going to walk. You're going to walk. <laughs> I was just going to say that. So, I think I broke my femur, but does your other leg work? <laughs> <laughs> so back to what Ed was starting off with. So ropes and knots and ladders. You guys got a couple of buildings that we're going to be able to use, right? Yep. We can still use the building that we have. Nice. What, are you, what other plans do you have other than the ladders and knots? Uh, that's it for now. Um, we haven't really gotten together to discuss what we want to do and we got to figure out how long we have those other buildings for. Yeah. Unfortunately that's the end of next month, middle to end of next month. So, so we may, short. we may push off ladders, ropes, and knots and, and just do something with it. Cause those buildings are going to be amazing for search and rescue. Oh, I, I'm excited. Just, just to smoke up those, you know, it, if we if we push off ladders and, and ropes and knots, we could do we could incorporate a large area search in one of them. Uh, it's it's a business so, admin building. Yeah, we can literally um, build off of what we just. did. And we only have them for one month. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So At least we have them. So since no, we it's only, hard to get it's hard to get buildings. So since we only have them for a month, we'll probably do search and rescue. It's um, so much better than going into a concrete training facility yep. that's the same every time to have an actual building that nobody's really been in to go and play the game it's 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 awesome it's a huge training resource it's it's huge i i I can't i can't thank the building owners enough for that i I don't even i don't know if they understand how much that means to us um and and the opportunity and how much we appreciate it. i don't know where your horseshoe is all the classes i've taught i have a hard time finding a roof to cut or or have an actual thing we got to use mostly props this is the second to third building you've got in Casco in the last couple of months. Like, yeah. I don't know how you're doing it, but keep doing it. I, I'm, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. For sure. So, so did you want to do another big class in the fall? Yeah. Or? I'm just – see, I want to do another instructor class. But I'm a little burnt out right now, so – talk to me after the podcast <laughs> maybe it's where, time to take a break where maybe, we can, maybe maybe with some of our listeners um they can throw some, throw some what stuff it, back to us and say thinking. hey what uh, is there something that you guys would like to see uh shoot us a message jump on the jump on the facebook page or whatever if um, we can't handle it there's, we there's, have a resource right. pool to the problem out is, is there's it. so much that i think we need to do like I, I wanted to do a driver's training pumping class. Um, we tried to do that. Was it this month? Yeah, a month. Tried to do that with this month. Two people showed up. Yeah. I didn't so. even hear about it. So. Which is surprising to me because I figured after this pandemic, right. people would be coming out of the woodwork, and they all said they were gonna. So, but we're not physically seeing it. They're, yet. they're, yeah. they're coming out to get outside. Well, actually. So to, yeah, but not like, to do the not, work. Not to, not to, um, they kind of had hit like the reset button. So now they're just getting back outside and, and right. you know. Well, I, think, so. I think most of us, they were trapped for so long. They're out for the socialism, not for right. the, and the right. education. Right. Yeah. So. so I tried to do that. It was actually two juniors and a duty crew that showed up. And then Steve and I were the instructors. Um, we still did it because I and then I still posted it to show people what we're doing because at least I didn't want to them those guys that did show up that wanted to do it to suffer so we did do it I uh what else did I wanted to do extrication but that's going to be put off um we just 
these buildings gave us a lot of resources that I kind of wanted to focus on those trainings than the, than the trainings that I had originally mm -hmm. wanted to do. And since those resources we have, we have for a limited amount of time, I want to get as much as I can out of those buildings, completely destroy them, get yeah. as much as we can, and then go back to the rest and prioritize. Yeah, yeah. so to capitalize on what we have right yeah. now. So I kind of want. I don't know. Like I was, we talked about a fire one and two. I wanted to do another instructor class, but that I'm kind of, like I said, we'll talk after. I'm not recording. Kind of burnt out from that. We've already talked about it. Oh no, I, I was generally throwing out yeah. there that are we gonna try to do something this fall? Or are we taking a break? I want. I wasn't do, looking for. A I want to do topic. a fire one and two class. That's what I really want. I think that's what we haven't done in this area for a while. It's hard to organize. It's no. really hard. Well, there's there's a lot of moving parts for a fire one. There's a lot of moving parts for for any of the trainings we do, and that right. that's been my problem as an instructor is you set a hard fast date, and then nobody shows up, and then if well you, that's if that's you, the thing if you are too lenient with the date yeah. and then everybody's well what happened to the class it's <laughs> not yeah. it's not hard to, to organize like i can do all that stuff paul's my file guy and keeps me on track well some of us have done it a couple then, times already yeah, so it's not like it i'm reinventing times. the wheel so like we can do that like you said the problem is is commitment right like so you have to lock them in so when you figure out your cost analysis for the for the whole class you have to get them to to buy in at the beginning. And when I say buy in, I mean actually give us paychecks. Like I'm talking about if the money's there, then they have to take that Monetary class. Monetary commitment. Exactly, which locks them in so they can't back out. And right. the, so, the other addition to that is if somebody has to take a day off, lost income, it has to be replaced. So, but that's, that's not our, our area. That's the department's area. Right. Yeah. Right. He's talking about planning. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I contacted Brian. I said, how would you be interested in fire one and two? And he's like, well, I don't know budget. I go, no, separate from Casco, like Eric would be the lead instructor. I would be the program coordinator. Paul, I already talked to Paul. Paul said, yeah, he'll help because his organization skills just go far beyond mine. Right. And then um, it's just, I keep going. And of course, it's probably associated with burnout. I just go, are people going to be interested? Are we going to, we're obviously going to get flack for it because people don't like to train, but is it going to be worth it in the long run? And I guess that's where I'm at right now, where it's like, I do these trainings and now I'm just like, emotionally, I'm at that point was like, is it really worth it? Because I know I'm going to get grief from this person. I know I'm going to hear crap from this person. I know there's going to be low turnout. And then why, why do I continue? You know, I, I feel the same way a lot of times, but then I look at the students and I'm like, I do it for you. The ones that actually show up and care, that's what I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for that officer, you know, down the street that doesn't care. But to what Ed was saying about the commitment and what I was trying to explain, Paul, is that, you know, you put out the interest paper, say, hey, we want to do this class. We throw it out to a bunch of area departments and say, who's interested? And then you get the feeling, well, if I only get two responses back, then maybe that's not the class to do. Mm -hmm. If we get like 20 people and say, okay, well, now we at least have interest. So the next thing is, okay, this is the class that we want to do. Here are the dates. It's going to cost you so much to send a student to this class. Mm -hmm. And then give them a time between the start and date and that time. So if departments are sending the checks in, then you can say, okay, I legitimately have this many people for this class. Do and a commitment letter. It, exactly. And with the... the the money aspect of it, they're kind of stuck. Right. Because now, as a student, if I sign up for this class and the department's going to pay $250 to send me this class, and I decide I don't go, 
now I've got to go back to that fire chief and be like, hey, I'm sorry about the 250 bucks, but do yeah. I owe it to you? Or like, yeah. what happens? So it kind of sticks them into having to come. Yep. And so, yeah, with some of these classes, you have to do a little more lead up to it to make sure that you have the people to show up so you don't do a class that needs 20 people and only three show up. Right, yeah. And it, it does take a little extra work, but these firefighter one and two classes, some of us have done them six, seven, eight times. So we're not reinventing the wheel. It, it's there. It's mm -hmm. easy to, to do it. The resources I have a hard time with is like what we were talking about with Brian. We have a bunch of props. My biggest problem is like a roof prop. It's hard to find roof and material, especially the prices of things nowadays. To be able to have... 20 students go and cut a four by four hole right and do it three different ways yeah. like it's hard to find that resource that's my hardest part yeah. and we're talking about one of the towns that i i work for right now and help train with we're talking about building a prop there specifically for that i don't know how casco's doing it with this horseshoe they got but i mean with these buildings well that's what i'm saying we there's have so many roofs like that i wish i could take my classroom over there and bring them over here that's the part of the reason but, i wanted to do a fire one and two because we could do an amazing oh, class with these buildings yeah like amazing. the problem is is that one of them you only have for a month and you can't do a class right in a month. but we still have the other building yeah. for yeah the undisclosed it, time at yeah, this yeah. point so like it would be perfect because we could literally do so much with that building yeah and that's kind of what I want, what I was envisioning for a fire one and two. Yes, we'll give them the knowledge, but I kind of want, and we'll test them on their knowledge, but I kind of want a, more of it to be hands-on. Because <sighs> like a lot of fire one and two classes, they do classroom, 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 and then once or twice a month they do skills. I've, I envision that they should be doing at least some sort of skill every class. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. how I, that's how I teach it. Yeah. So that's kind of why I wanted to do one. And then a lot of people need it. We have a lot of BLS people in this area. It's time to step up. Like we were talking about earlier, time to take that next step. Yeah, every, yeah. every class I do at least starts with the first three steps. The first step is the, the um, written part of it, like the slideshow and all that stuff. And then we do a little bit of the, the different scenarios and tactics. Then the second stage that I do is physically showing them and doing the tactics just to get them used to doing it. And then the third time is actually throwing them into the simulations and, and having them do it themselves without assistance. And then some of those topics, we go further than that, even another couple of days, but at least everything I teach or I, I try to, I do those three steps. So you can visually see it, read it, then we go and do it hands-on and I can show you. And then the third time you're doing it yourself. Where are we at on time? I don't know. What was our next thing? <laughs> oh, Ed, what classes are you taking? So I, I'm actually in a uh, uh, fire safety engineering uh, class, or not class, it's my degree field for uh, Eastern Kentucky University, so it's a bachelor's degree program. Uh, currently, I'm taking fire behavior and physics two, which is... Oh, that's sanity. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's so. It I, I've actually said on this podcast before that I really enjoy being busy, and those two classes were the ones that broke me. And I am now, <laughs> I, I am now to the point where I've realized I've bitten off more than I can yeah. chew, and I've kind of needed to to hit the reset button on things and just like back off. You know, like I yeah. was. I helped you guys with the instructor program, and then I did the basic fire skills through through my region. 
Uh, I'm still, I guess, technically the, the president of the uh, Oxford Hills training facility. And it got to the point where, like, I was getting emails and texts and calls from people, like, what are you doing this? When are you doing that? Why did you do this? Why didn't you do this? I need this paperwork. I need that paperwork. Welcome to my world. I was going to say. But that's (laughs) – it's not really what I signed up for, and right. I realized that I was doing five things half-assed instead of actually committing to one. So I, uh, I have realized in a short period of time that I needed to pump the brakes and like yeah. back off for a little bit. So once those two classes are completed, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm probably going to back it down a little bit um, and try and try and really focus on one thing at a time because uh, it, it it got bad <laughs> yeah no it does that happens to me all the time i was just gonna say it's uh you guys could probably start to pick up a theme that we really like to take a whole bunch of stuff yeah. on well because it never <laughs> you know? it never you know seems what, like I, much yeah. it's you know, it's it, you know like with a class and you go oh it's only two nights a week yeah. that's, there's seven days in a week <laughs> you know right that's that gives me five oh, free days oh it's just one more thing on the calendar for the yeah. week it's fine oh that's but fine i could do the, that that's the eighth thing yeah. you've committed to for that week <laughs> right but then you <laughs> click that assignment and it's like three days worth of work and you just go Oh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It was like with the officer class. Like I was that. like, oh, yeah, yeah, Brian, let's do it. All gung-ho. And then he's like, he, he was hemming and hawing. And then finally he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it with you. I was like, perfect. Yes, this is going to be awesome. And then the first week, I was like, all right, I'm used to this. All right, just write a couple papers a week. That's fine. And what was it? I'm like, I text Brian. I was like, have you done this assignment yet? He's like, not yet. I was like, I'm on page 14. Am I doing this wrong? Because, oh, my God. I think and then was, it's just taking on other things, and it's just like... That was unit two. Yeah. <laughs> and then it gets to the point where, I'm like, I did it again, and I'm... Why? Why do I keep doing this? I think the straw think that you, broke the camel's back was when Eric sent me a message, and he's like, hey, did you sign up for that officer's class? And I went, oh, that was, like, last week. <laughs> and I was like, man, if I'm missing deadlines to even sign up for the class, right. I probably can't take the class. Right. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I teach a bunch of stuff, and then I try to, personally, myself, I try to at least once or twice throughout the year do something for me. Yeah. And I took the first part of the officer's class. I'm, I'm doing it a little different than John and Brian. But through MFSI, I took the first half because they, they cut the curriculum in half. And they do a basic officer and an advanced officer. So I did the basic officer like two years ago. And I'm scared because you do the second half, then you get to remember the first half so you can test out in the end, which thankfully we're going to review that through the second part of the program. But like John was saying, every chapter, so there's 22 chapters, and the first half was was pretty tough. Going to the second half, every chapter you do is a written project. So you do the chapter, written project, do a chapter, written project. It's every week. Yeah. So it, it, it is a lot of work. Now I'd like to look. The funny thing is, it's like everybody. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I knew you I know. knew you needed the other half, Ed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, just like John and Brian. I'm like, hey, why don't you do it with me so we can help each other out, work off each other. That's exactly. What I and then Ed dropped the ball I and know. I'm in it by myself. But it <laughs> works out so well because like I. Me right, like, Right in the I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I can see the tear. He'll send me some it assignments does. and then I'll send, I'll be like. I did it a completely different way. And he's like, oh, really? Then I'll send him, because I do like narrative writing. Yeah. Like I, because reading through, it's like APA format. So I'm like, right. okay, I just finished my bachelor's in psychology. So I was like, okay, I'll write it like I write the college papers. He sends me his version. I'm like, you just did it so much easier. Like, <laughs> why didn't I do that? Well, they, so we'll send our papers back and forth. The, be- like, yeah. okay. the best part is if one of you fails, both of you fail. <laughs> 
Because nope. you gave, <laughs> you nope. gave nope. me a scenario <laughs> one time, and you're like, oh, I mean, I watched you sit here for like six hours, and you barely had a page. Yeah. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, man, I think you answered it like six times. Just the problem right, is, right is right I'm always right. looking for that twist. <laughs> right, exactly. Because, like, I've noticed yeah, when you read the assignment. Yeah, but what if they did this? And what if they did that? And I'm I, like, dude, you answered it. This is a, If this scenario were presented to you as an officer today, how would you handle it? Right, but You have added, an answer, and then yeah. you're like, yeah, but what if they meant this? Well, yeah. then they'll that's, that's correct the tough part. Overthinking. That's yes, the one that's tough true. part that I have is uh, I'll, it's not I'll clearly defined. John. Yeah, like right. I'll I'll call John. I'm like, I'm doing this unit, but I don't. There's like no real guidance on it, right. so I don't know if there's a certain format they want or if there's you know, like one of the projects I got back, the the professor was was ecstatic with a project, and and then I got I was in the low 90s and I was depressed about that. I'm like. And then at the end, he says, well, you could, have, you could have added more information on this thing, but there was nothing in there to indicate that I needed to expand on that right. one thing. So I'm meeting the standard that you're asking, but apparently I'm not meeting the standard that you're yeah. asking. You know? <laughs> well, the project he was yeah. talking about, because it's like, according to policy, please write your response. So I'm like, all right, because usually if I read the chapter, the answer's in the chapter. So they said, according to policy. So I go and I'm reading through the policy. I'm like, there's a trick in here because there's a reason. <laughs> like, if I read the scenario, if I was presented with, presented with that scenario, I would have answered it this way. But then at the end, they said something like, according to department policy. I'm like, all right, what does department policy say and why? And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't know the answer, Ed. He's like, you answered it. I was like, yeah, but. They're trying to trick me. I don't know what's going on. I don't trust them. I want my 100. It's like, just stop. Just write it down. Nope, they're lying. I don't know what it is. So That's true. the difference between you guys and me, too. I'm like 87, perfect. Oh, <laughs> Anything no. over a 70. I was doing great. So, like, how I got through school is each professor is different and each professor has different requirements if you figure out that professor that puzzle on what they're looking for like i could get 100s like you can I mean, write I, it to what they need i, I write it to that specific person and my wife's always like well that's not really learning you're just solving a puzzle she's like you're good at that i was like yeah but that's that's life right. each human being is different right. that's literally what i'm going to school for psychology <laughs> yep. and i just need to read that person write it out so i was like I got very good at it and finished my bachelor's. So with this guy, I have no idea what he wants. <laughs> like, it is my worst nightmare. Like, I can't talk to him. I can't read, like, see him in person. So I have no idea. He'll, he'll email me back, but it's like, well, I can't read you. I don't like this. Right. What yes. do you want? It's like um, from Notebook. Tell me what you want. <laughs> what do you want? Like, obviously, I'm not getting any cues from you. Like, yeah. bravo, the guy's probably a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, that's why I can't read him. He has no emotions. But good. So Can I delete yeah. that part? So we're, all, so we're all doing an officer's class, and Ed's doing his class. What are you doing, Paul? His bachelor's. Uh, going after bachelor's degree for nursing. Nice. Nice. Working through a online university. and uh, In Fort Kent? Are you doing that one? No. Oh. Um, out in Utah is the agency. Yep. Um, or the university, I should say. Um, <clears throat> just started I've got uh, one class complete working on a second one and then there's three more uh, between now and the end of December 
So what struggles have you found so far? Uh, or I guess what have you enjoyed too? We haven't really talked about anything that we've enjoyed. <laughs> we well, don't the enjoy. Is, it. The part is we enjoy all of it. I mean, right. we wouldn't we wouldn't sign up for the yeah. officer class if we didn't. I enjoy the know, end when yeah. it's over yeah. and I get the paper that right. says I'm over and I could go on to the next thing. Yeah, right. We're, we're clearly gluttons for punishment because we just yeah. keep going back oh, and we love back. it. So but yes, sir. May I have another? <laughs> the um, once again the small career path that I've taken, I would love to do. Um, more of the uh, fire service uh, hands-on continuing education uh, but right now i've committed to a nursing process and um, i need to get that complete before i can come back you you know what i find funny is you just said that that was a small career path <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> small about nursing or anything medical so my current career path yeah um it takes a lot, and uh, even prior to that, it, we, uh, a Fire 1, Fire 2 uh, class for anybody that has a full-time job is troublesome because it's two a days a week. It's a second other. full-time job is what it is. I, right. I can tell you I absolutely understand because I am married to a nurse practitioner who is also a firefighter 1 and 2, instructor 1 and 2, Paramedic. Paramedic. So I totally get what you're talking about. It's um, at, for your wife, she's picked a path that was very expensive to get to. And she has, for me, I have to commit to something. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, I can't commit to both. Like Ed said, I can well, do. I, think I can do. You, you hit the nail on the head jobs. that you've done much better than I have because I, I have a huge problem saying no. So as soon as somebody pitches a class to me, I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'd love to. Do. I hate to have someone go, well, you obviously don't care too much because you didn't take the class. Like it, it, it breaks my heart whenever I hear that. I just like, like to give you a hard time. <laughs> I know, but it, it, it's that's the point that I've reached is I've realized that. I've screwed up so many things enough that the product that I put out in my class is not the product that I want because I haven't had the time to commit to the proper lesson plans to have it all of my resources available and you know, ahead of time have everything planned for everyone um, and that's just not not how I want to run things and it, it took me a year of beating my head against a wall and uh, unsatisfactory products before I went. You know what's funny? I need to break some hearts but and start saying you no know what's to funny, Ed, is that you say that now, within a year when starts things start to come down, you're going to do it again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can this see myself like, starting the path of doing it again this already. Is the, this is the, <laughs> it's been two weeks, and I'm already like, yeah. This is the S&M <laughs> of our career field. <laughs> like, we just love the punishment. Safe word is banana. <laughs> but, but you identified the decision. <laughs> right. and, and Paul, if you, you identify it, it's not a problem, right? <laughs> and, and, Paul, you shouldn't feel bad because some of us that are in the fire service are kind of doing it on the side just because we yeah. enjoy it. Some of us are doing it full time because <laughs> it's our job. Yep. Some of us are doing pretium in four different places. Yep. And we're all taking classes to better ourselves in different areas. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it to better your home life and to pay your bills. And you're putting the fireside to side because that's not your, your full-time gig. Right. So you shouldn't feel bad at all yeah. for putting the fire service aside a little bit to take care of your home life because you can come back to it later. Right. Right. Like, Ed, the class you're taking, that's for your full-time job, right? It's not for... No, he was fired from that job. 
<laughs> right, Ed? What was it? Like no. a $40,000 mistake? I wasn't. I, I, that's not where I was going with this, Ed. No, it, it was. It, so, no. Leave it to John. Banana. Banana. <laughs> like, we're, uh, we're an so, hour and 15. Maybe we should start to wrap this up. No, I, um, I have ADHD and it's bad. Uh, I started started my college career in an engineering path essentially going for mechanical engineering and then i realized mechanical engineering is just manufacturing and you just sit in the warehouse all day doing the same thing over and over again i couldn't do that around the time i realized that that was a bad career move i found the fire department and then worked my way into fire safety and realized hey this is kind of cool i can i can do some some deep thinking and do the fire safety side of things and so I started down this fire engineering path, thinking that'll be great. I can do, um, you know, put some, some science, some numbers, some critical thinking towards uh, buildings and equipment and products and uh, do the engineering side of things mixed with the safety side. And then I realized at the end of the day, that's still going to put me in an office staring at a computer screen 80 hours a week and I can't handle that. And at this point, I'm just completing the classes completely out of spite and pride because I've gone this <laughs> so, you, so you don't have any end goal? I, I have. Nope. That is because I know, I know John. I know John and Brian are both full time. My, my forty-hour-a-week job has absolutely nothing to do with fire safety, with the fire service, or or anything that I've gone to school with. So, uh, oh, so you're a little different. Because what I was getting at is Brian and John are full time, so their class they're taking are trying to better their job yeah what well, paul was doing in, in the nursing side of things is trying to better his job yeah myself i'm taking this class because it's the other half of something i've already done i just want to finish it and i'm taking i'm like john i'm, I'm burnt out i'm taking the back step I'm, I'm doing a lot more teaching than i am firefighting right now but when i finish this officer class i plan on trying to find a home again and getting back to a place where i can use that ability yeah. so i'm just so, curious I mean, what guess, your end goal was i mean i guess um you know because I, I am a captain in in a smaller town uh, so it would be nice to bring, and I'm, I'm surrounded by people that have a ton of fire experience, a ton of old school fire experience that don't dig into the books as much. So I'm kind of, I would like to introduce them to that a little bit, um, a little bit of the science of why things happen the way they happen. Uh, also help the community as far as uh, building codes and inspections and things like that why why certain rules are out there and why they should be enforced a little bit more or e even not even so much enforced but just to be um, to bring it to their attention how you old know? are you at I, I just turned 30 well that's that's amazing because a lot of 30 year olds don't start with the why right I mean I yeah. know a lot of officers that don't they're just like well we're going to do this and then they go why and they're like because I told you so. No, that's good that you're you're well, fairly young and you're starting off that way. That's that's good for you because you you don't have to learn a lot of hard lessons that us older people had to learn along the way. Well, I think you know we're we're in a rural area in Casco and in Maine. The the further you go, the more rural it gets. And there's there's hazards out there that people just don't even recognize because it's been places that were established 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago that nobody pays attention to until there's a major issue and then they go, well, why didn't anyone know? 
because who were you going to send in your town of 500 people to know about the scientific reason of why a building's going to collapse or why a, a building's construction has a bad flow path that's going to endanger a bunch of people, why there's a stairwell that's going to trap people. You know, there's just, there's a lot to the safety of a community more than more than even our, our firefighter classes, you know. Yeah. You can you can be the the rock star firefighter all you want if the building isn't there, if the safety isn't there, if the construction, the materials aren't there, you're you're still uh-huh. the cards are stacked against you. And it can all be prevented or addressed or at least red flagged by one person driving by going, hey, that that doesn't look good. I hope somebody knows that that's that's going to be a problem, and you, you're just not going to know about that until you've hmm. done the work. <laughs> but no, it has nothing to do with my 40-hour-a-week job. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of the work that I do for that to try and – because I, I am on top of somebody that doesn't like to be bored and likes to stay busy, I, I, I like to progress. <laughs> I like to progress in the field that I'm, I'm in, so. Good. Things stay uh, fluid. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. Anything else? Anyone have anything else? I think that we yeah. talked pretty good for not ha- having a topic. We say like, that every week. I know. We do pretty good when, we, when, when we're unprepared. I just wish we had more feedback. Right. Like with, with the training ideas, Brian said, hey, get on our Facebook page. Give us some topics. Let us know what you're thinking about these podcasts. Like... I next, don't get any feedback. Next podcast is going to be the um, perspective of the female firefighter. Oh. So that will be interesting. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.